What's poppin' everybody? How y'all doing? Thank you for tuning in to The Swamp Life with yours truly, the one and only, Big Gator, Gator Love, Gold Chain Gator, Turtleneck Gator, Spiffy Gator, Mr. Where's My Lighter. You know, I really wish I knew what episode it was so I could say episode BAM of The Swamp Life with, you know, but whatever. Anyways, you know, one of the last things that I touched on last week was my mom coming out to me when I was... 14 I think I said and so I wanted to do like a slight follow-up with her and just ask her how she felt about coming out to all her friends and just people she knew and everything like that and you know she said growing up in Seaside she was kind of initially when she was going to tell people she was kind of scared because you know being in I feel like anyone growing up in a small city can relate to this you know Everyone knows each other, so everybody kind of knows everybody. Everybody thinks they know everyone's business. Let's let, That's a, a great way of putting it. No one really knows everybody's business, but everybody knows somebody that knows somebody that you know. So, therefore, you likely hear things about a person often. So, when she was about to tell people that she knew, she was kind of scared. And... Then she said that, you know, she just said, fuck it. You know, if you're not going to like me for who I am, then it is what it is. And then she felt relieved. And I feel like that's a that's a pretty common story amongst the um, the gay community that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. And, you know, I think that's really cool that she decided to just accept herself for who she is. And I think it's funny that we, uh, when I asked her this question that she talked about my podcast and, um, she, I don't know how to take this when people tell me I have a nice radio voice. I don't know what that means. I don't listen to the radio, (laughs) but I know that's a compliment and I, I, I humbly accept the compliment and I always like appreciate when people tell me it, but so yeah. And then, so my mom told me this, and um, it was kind of weird to hear this from my mom, honestly. I know she's going to listen to this, and I kind of just told her that it wasn't weird, but in hindsight, it is weird, because we don't have the best relationship, you know, so. I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. That's a touchy subject. But anyways... I'm glad I did that follow-up because the Jay-Z interview released and he finally seen all the stuff that he was talking about, about his mother and just his whole upbringing and everything like that, about how his father was doing heroin. Not from... About how he hated his father initially growing up because he thought he left his life, but he left his life out of his own depression and sadness. Well, his mother kicked him out, but, you know, he vanished out of... His mother kicked him out of the household, but he vanished out of his life from, you know, doing heroin and just his own depression and sadness. Apparently, his brother was killed and people would call him randomly times in the middle of the night or just anything like that. And he would get up with his gun and just bounce out the house and go look for that nigga at just whatever time of night it was. And I can't imagine what that's like you know, on your partner, the kind of stress that that would take, not knowing if you're actually going to come home at night, because what happens if you get into a shootout 
and one of those bullets hits you, you feel me? Then you're it's a dandada. You know, as I just said that, I was thinking about the relationship I have with my dad, and that's also always been a touchy situation and a touchy subject as well. And it wasn't until recently that I started to make a slight effort to make a relationship with him, and it was after Nino died, and... I don't know what me and my brother were talking about, but I, I know exactly what we were talking about. Damn, I'm about to be hella open right now. But uh, when Nino died, we had his memorial service, and my dad didn't come inside, and that really pissed me off. Like, to my core. I was about to fucking smash his driver's seat window because that's how upset I was. And I told Tim this and he didn't discredit anything I said he kind of just sat there and listened and you know he's his dad too you feel me we've both been through some damaging things with our father and you know he, he just sat there and said some real shit. You know, black men who live an unhealthy lifestyle tend to not live very long, pimp. So, you have to make a slight effort to form a relationship with him simply because he can't take back those transgressions that he did in the past. You feel me? What he, what he did, he did. You can either accept it for what it is or move on but at the end of the day he's still your dad and even when he dies he's gonna always be your dad so you know that was kind of just paraphrasing it but that was basically what he said and you know initially I was kind of just like yeah I mean you're right but I don't give a fuck you know so I didn't really give a, like, you know, and my dad would text me very rarely or occasionally, and I just wouldn't really reply, or, you know, I would, it, it just is what it is, I wouldn't reply, or I'd read it, I'd reply later, or I just, you know, I wouldn't give a fuck, and, you know, recently I started to reply, we started to have conversations and shit, and this is weird, we have, like, a, a similar taste for shit, you know, like, yeah, he's your dad, obviously, duh, but, like, I get that, don't fucking tell me that, whoever listens to this, I know that, but, we, like, we've never had a relationship, like, father-son kind of relationship to, for him to have an influence on my sort of style at all, so that's why it was sort of, like, Fascinating when I walked into the house or whatever, who I don't know, his house, and he was playing the Isley Brothers, and I really fuck with the Isley Brothers. I don't know, y'all are lo- whoever. Most of y'all listening to this are probably too young to really know who the Isley Brothers are and to really fuck with the Isley Brothers, with the toughness of how I fuck with the Isley Brothers. But 
he was playing the Isley Brothers, and I was like, oh shit. Like, this is my jam, nigga. And, like, then he played another song, and I was like, oh shit. And then he played another song, and then I was like, oh god damn, this nigga really know my shit, bro. Like, he, he, he low key know my style. And then uh, we were on, he was watching some video on YouTube, and this dude had a, a similar trench coat to the style of trench coat that I had. The brown trench coat, if you follow me on Instagram, it's the brown trench coat that's in like my third picture or whatever. Go check it out. I don't give a fuck. And um, I said I had, oh, I was like, damn, I have a similar coat like that. Mine just looks a little, uh, it's a little finer wool. It looks a little better than that though. And he was like, man. I used to be the trench coat man back in the day. I was like, nigga, wait, what? Like, you know, like niggas know this. I, I rocked the school shooter on, on a consistent basis. You feel me? Like I rock a trench coat. Like that's me. And when he said that, I was just like, nigga, who are you? But like, It was weird. I, I haven't asked more questions to see how alike we actually are. And in a way, it used to scare me to actually be like him because I viewed him in such a negative aspect when I was young. Because how could you not be there for me my whole life? You know what I mean? Like, where were you, nigga? <laughs> like, you feel me? Like, as a dad, where the fuck was this nigga? How could I not view him in a terrible, just in a terrible light? You feel me? So, to realize that we share some similarities in personality traits, it's just, I don't know, it's a very perplexing thing for me. And I know that regardless of the similarities or personality traits we share, I'll never do the things that he's done if I ever have a child, but it makes me more interested in how that he's actually been able to do the things he's done, you know, and how he's lived the life he's lived. And if we are going to have a relationship, those are the kind of things that I'd like to know, as opposed to just the basic generic sports shit that we casually talk about now and i hope i do get to learn more about him so yeah i'll keep you guys updated all right man enough about me the one thing though i do think that it's really cool having a podcast and like talking about me specifically simply because if I have grandkids and everything, you know, or like great grandkids, for example, they won't get to meet my mom or my dad and everything like that. And, you know, if I do get to further find out hella shit about my dad and everything and I talk about it on a podcast or, you know, I do talk about all this stuff about my mom or whatever and discussing all this, all of this is digital forever. So my great, great gang, great, great grandkids will be able to hear this. Travel the 19th will be able to listen to this and know what Razor was like and what my mom was like and I think that's going to be I think that's just a that's like a dope ass thought to me just in general I know I'm thinking so further ahead but I do want to Travel the 19th 
I want there to be a Travel Pache Dunn, the 19. I want every one, I want a son, and I want that nigga to have a son, and I want that to be like a requirement for the riches to be passed down. You must name your son Travel Pache Dunn, then, well, uh, he'll obviously be in numerical order. But I don't want to make that a requirement. I just want to make it, you know, I want that to be something that is just like the the son feels like obligated to own that name as opposed to, fuck, my name's Travel Blood. You know, like I want him to feel like he has to live up to something, you know, because Travel's have been that nigga since Travel the first, you know, the the 15th was president or some shit like that. You feel me? That That's the kind of lineage I'm trying to pass down. We gonna have a few fuck-ups in there. You feel me? Like, the, the 17th, he might be addicted to something. You feel me? But he gonna pull through and he gonna make it. And he gonna live a successful life. But he gonna have some downfalls. But I wanted to go at least to the 19th. I think it would be dope as fuck if it went past the, the 19th. But... 19th name name the next one you know what I mean don't it hey bloodline this is a bloodline kind of thing too we don't need no adopted there's in vitro I don't need a all right none of you niggas better be shooting blanks out here or none of that shit all right get it together anyways I'm sorry um enough about me You know, I listened to the Cardi B album this weekend, and it was cool. Honestly, I don't really think she makes music for guys to really vibe to and appreciate. She makes music more for women anyway, but I think the music was cool. It's just weird to me that listening to it, I could tell she didn't write it. Like, you know, you hear those rumors about ghostwriters and people assisting her with writing her music and shit like that and like so she never really denied having help with her work or anything so you know you kind of knew but listening to the music it was like oh okay yeah you really didn't write these bars like you could tell on some of them bars you didn't write this like the flow is just that's not you you like i ain't never heard you sound this word out in your life I I just seen you do an interview. That's not how you sound, beloved. I'm sorry. And then she, in the interview, I think her co-writer is what she called him, but I'm saying her ghostwriter, his name is Partisan. And apparently she signed, or he got signed and got a deal with Atlantic. And yeah, I mean, that's dope as fuck that he, you know, she's not hiding him at all. Like Nikki was hiding Safari or anything like that. You know, she's putting him out in the spotlight. Boom, he's my homie. He's been rocking with me forever. Salute to him, all that. And she says she's giving him shout-outs on shit and everything like that. And, you know, like, she's owning that she's never... I feel like... All right, I feel like this is kind of a cop-out in a way because if you're going to be a rapper, you have to be held to a, a certain standard of rap I mean unfortunately that's just what it is 
like if you're an athlete, you're held to a certain level of your held your criteria is held to a certain level. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's it is what it is. You have to be comp- or what is the word I'm trying to say? You have to be um, not compared. Looked into is it's the fuck. If I was sober, I would have had this. I'm sorry, y'all. When someone's looking into you, how are they going to, like, know what to hold your standards to? You know? Fuck. (laughs) I fucked this whole thought up. I'm so sorry, guys. I was on a roll. As I was saying, everyone in any level of field is held to a certain standard of anything. So I felt like she took a cop out when she was trying to say that she's not lyrical or she's never said that she was the most lyrical rapper or she wasn't anything like that. She was just making music that was fun to her. And then everyone then started judging her like she's the best female MC or stuff like that just because she had a number one record. And I don't feel at the same time. Yeah, she didn't ask for that, like she said. But when you when you receive, you know what I mean? When you receive that level of success or achieve that level of success, it comes with a lot of things that you necessarily didn't ask for. I'm sure you wanted all that money. That's a bad way of putting it, too, though, because, yeah, you want all the money, but do you want all that emotional stress? Like, she talked about how, you know, she never seen how celebrities could be depressed and how they were suicidal and things like that until you see how much the public expects from you and how much they're picking into your private life and things that you're trying to hold dear to you instead of releasing on social media and everything like that and you know I'm not famous at all I couldn't expect or anticipate what that's like in the slightest you know not having any privacy or anything like that especially being a extremely private sort of person but this is the most cliche statement ever and she said it herself This is exactly what you ask for when you are becoming famous. When you ask to become famous, when you ask to become the number one artist, the number one female artist, or not even, I'm not even going to make this male or female. When you ask to become the number one artist, this is, these are things that come with it. You lose your privacy and not even actually paparazzi follows every celebrity But I feel like we don't know what Drake is really doing. You feel me? We don't know what, like, we know we've seen photos of Drake and everything like that. But we don't know what he's really doing. We don't know what, like, Travis Scott is really doing. We don't know what, like, Kanye West is really doing. And I feel like Cardi B is reaching a level of stardom like that. I don't know if she'll be able to maintain the level of stardom that these other gentlemen have maintained but I feel like she's on that level this year so far Nicki Minaj for example as well Remy Ma 
if we, if we just want to discuss women as well, we don't know what these women are doing. We see if they're in, out in public, we'll for sure see pictures and paparazzi following them too. But we don't know what they're doing. We don't hear rumors about them every two seconds. I, I don't know if that's partially her fault or partially the people in her camp's fault, but at the same time, I think that's just, these are, these are good problems. At the end of the day, I, you could say that you were happier being a stripper and everything like that, but at the same time, she said she would never go back to doing those things. So you have to sacrifice one thing for the other. But in a way, I feel like I'm contradicting myself because I feel like you can have the success and the fame and the money without necessarily having to or without having to sacrifice all of your privacy. Look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. I could go down the list of celebrities in which if they were out in public or when they're on social media doing things they're being attacked or they're being followed and taken pictures of or everything they do on social media is being nitpicked at. I think she just hasn't been famous long enough to handle it or deal with it. And she's also just a real person, which I think isn't a bad thing at all. And I think that's really cool that she's just like, hey, this is the way I feel about it. And this is what it is. Uh, one other thing that was talked about in that Cardi B interview, um, hope, side note real quick, I went off on a long ass tangent on part of that stuff and I was kind of like paused in the middle of stuff, but I had good stuff in there so I didn't want to re-record all of that, but hopefully all that made sense. Anyways, like I was saying, one of the other things that I pulled from that interview, they were talking about how much paparazzi can get for a photo and they had a photographer in there. And he came in and said, proper, uh, like a photographer can get up to a million dollars for like a photograph. <sighs> my nigga. I ain't never thought about jumping in bushes before in my motherfucking life until I heard that. A million dollars for a photograph? Like, I, I used to always wonder, why are these niggas hiding and waiting? For, like, let these people live. Why are you right around the corner underneath a car doing the most? You're on top of a fucking carport waiting for him to come out the door so you can get a slight image of the apartment number and him walking out at the same time. But just a slight image, though, not even his whole body, just the face and the apartment number at the same time. Just so they can confirm it. I only say that because I can see a carport and the apartment number in. I know y'all have seen weird images of just a nigga like that by an address just so they can mark it and know that he was at that address. And it's like, damn, they're potentially getting a million dollars for that. And it's like, well, fuck. I mean, I can see why they're kind of out there just being the pests that they are now. Like, if I'm potentially getting that much money... I, that's not a career or anything that I would explore, but it was like, fuck, you know, being a, a nigga working two jobs right now, 
it's, it's something I'd consider. Nigga, if I was homeless, what? What? That'd be my fucking hustle right there. I got all motherfucking day. Please. Especially if I was homeless in like LA or something. Please. Actually, that's probably the only place that you could actually be a successful homeless paparazzi person. But, whew. Because I feel like on the East Coast, specifically in New York, a lot of celebrities are walking or not like just, you know, out and about, but you're more likely to see one in Manhattan or something like that, for example, as opposed to, you know, or yeah, you're less like, fuck, I said that so backwards. That was the most opposite shit I ever met. You're more likely to see a person walking around in Hollywood, just a celebrity, for example, just out and about in Hollywood doing their thing, as opposed to in New York, on the East Coast, you'll, you know, you might, for example, see someone famous at a restaurant in Manhattan or something like that. My mind was in two places at once. I apologize, everyone. And, um, so I, yeah, that's why I feel like as a homeless person living in LA, you could be extremely successful doing that. Because, I mean, you know, if you're begging for money and everything like that, once you get a decent amount of money, I'd just invest in a camera. And then, you know, everyone has access to the internet, walk into a public library, look up what stories are hot, and just game plan ahead, pimp, and sit there as long as you need to, and sell some pictures, even if you're not getting a million dollars, I guarantee you could get a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand, That you know what I mean, if you're getting some juicy shit, your first couple pictures might not be worth nothing, but hey, it's a give and take, it's a learning progress learning process I mean but while I'm on paparazzi you know I gotta discuss it they got them and I don't know how you could be this stupid but then I realized that he's Canadian and if you haven't already seen it you know Tristan Thompson was caught making out with a few women and just out here just hoeing again on his pregnant woman. Now, after the first time, you would have thought he would at least have the decency to not get caught this time. Like, at, at bare minimum, you would think he would have the decency to not get caught. You would think, one, he wouldn't do it for the second time. Like, you would think he wouldn't cheat on his pregnant girl again. But, as a nigga, you would at least, at least, think he's putting in maximum effort to make sure he doesn't get caught. Quick sidebar. Ladies, I'm going to say this again. If you catch your man's cheating, or if your man's get caught cheating, he do not love you. You could put this on word. I don't give a fuck that this is on record for my podcast. If your man's get caught cheating, he don't love you enough. Because if he did, he would go through the fucking world to make sure you didn't find out. Or, or, he just wouldn't cheat. But... I'm going to go up the first doctor and he'd do the most so you wouldn't find out. 
none of my business. I'm not in a relationship. What the fuck do I know? Anyways, this nigga was in a hookah lounge kissing three hoes for what? Like, nigga, you don't got to. These women know you're Tristan Thompson. If these women are looking at you and are that interested in you, you need to have someone there and you're, you need a, a, you don't need a big entourage. You need two or three niggas there with you. If you go have three girls, you need to bring three niggas so you could have those three niggas with those three girls. But those three niggas know those three girls are for you. So when y'all leave and paparazzi snaps all these photos of y'all with three women and Chloe sees these three photos, you can say, bruh, chill. That was for Marcus, Richard, and uh, nigga, Mathias. That's not even me. You gotta relax. And then she's like, well, damn, baby, my bad. You know, you know how these stories get. And then you good. You not good, but it's like, you still cheated on your girl. But I mean, you know what I mean? Niggas know what I mean. But it's just like, you know how everybody in America knows how famous the Kardashians are. You know, I don't know if they're, I feel like everyone in the world knows how famous the Kardashians are, but I'm not sure how the media portrays everyone. Or I'm not, I have never been to Canada. I don't know what the media portrays people to be like, but I'm sure the Kardashians are still famous there. He's in DC. There's cameras in the like in the lounge. Why are you kissing women? Why are you walking into the, your hotel with this woman? Like apparently later in the night, or I don't know if it was the same night, different night, or whatever. But there's footage being released of him walking in that hotel or walking in his hotel with the same girl. And it's like pimp. Who who teaches these Canadian niggas the game? Seriously. Because because African American men do not cheat. You know. Just because he his skin complexion is black, he's Canadian. I'ma say that again. He is Canadian. Okay? African American men do not cheat. I don't know who taught this young man the game, but I don't give a fuck if y'all Uber it together. As I said. In America, we know how famous the Kardashians are. I'm going to get out the car. you going to chill here for five minutes, okay? Or you going to get out the car. I'm going to chill here for five minutes. Then I'm going to walk up to the hotel or vice versa. In no way, shape, or motherfucking form are we walking in the hotel room together if I'm cheating on my fucking wife. Who the fuck raises these niggas? Seriously. I don't know why I'm speaking so passionately about this, but fuck. Who the fuck teaches these niggas the game? Like, seriously. How are these niggas out here thriving? And I don't don't mean this in any sort of hating kind of way, but it's like, fuck. Why, nigga? Like, what part of this... I don't care how drunk or intoxicated, inebriated, however, whatever the fuck term you want to use. What part of that even 
kind of sound cool, kind of sound like a good idea. While she, for the second time when your girl's pregnant though, like, my nigga, I just don't get it. Especially being in the NBA, you know women are just, he knows girls are just getting at him because he's a pro athlete. So you don't have to kiss them in public. You don't have to walk in there with them in public. Y'all not, they not looking for a relationship. They just trying to get digged down. That's it. And all you trying to do is get some pussy. So why do you have to kiss them in public? Why do you need to flirt with them in public? Y'all fucking regardless. If y'all invite her in VIP and do do a little bit of eye contact and a little bit of wink wink, pimp. That's all. Why you got to fuck up your relationship? This nigga, oh my goodness. Why do you gotta fuck up your relationship over one night of pussy? I don't even, I don't even understand it, bro. I'll never understand it. That leads me right into my next topic. Lorena Bobbitt. Apparently Jordan Peele's making a biopic about her. And if you don't know who Lorena Bobbitt is... Her husband cheated on her and she cut his dick off. And I believe she's the one who drove with it and threw it out the window. If I'm not mistaken. You know, and this is also why you can't cheat on a girl that's having your... I, I don't know. Are they just dating? I'm not sure their relationship status, honestly. But if it was more than just dating, if they're like engaged or anything like that, then... You can't cheat on them. If y'all live together, you can't cheat on her. You shouldn't cheat in general. I don't advise men to cheat, women to cheat in general. You feel me? I'm just saying, you know, if you were going to cheat, cheat smartly. For one, don't hurt nobody's feelings. You know, make sure your loved one doesn't find out if you really do love them. Don't be texting your side piece while they're there. There's just a lot of things that a person can do. If you really do love your your main squeeze, you know, and I just feel like Tristan wasn't on his A game and he ain't been on his A game this basketball season. So I know where the fuck his attention has been lately. Honestly, if it ain't been on Chloe and it ain't been on the court, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Shit. Made me lose my whole train of thought. Oh, the Lorena Bobbitt thing. I wonder what kind of movie that's going to be. I don't know the full story other than. Her husband cheated and, you know, she cut his dick off and then, you know, drove and threw it out the window. But Jordan Peele is going to write and direct, produce, all that stuff. So I think that's going to be cool. You know, I, re- I really like Get Out. So, yeah, we'll see what that holds. You know, one of, uh, I think, I guess this is my final topic. I had to check real quick. Mitch Kupchak was hired by the Hornets. And in a way, I don't. I don't know if that's the best signing, honestly. Who was Mitch Kupchak's notable draft picks or notable draft signings? Or not draft signings, but free agent signings. I'm not a Laker fan. Laker fans help me and let me know. But if I'm not mistaken, I feel like Jerry West was accredited with a lot of this, uh, with a lot of the picks and signings. So what was Mitch actually responsible for other than, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's like 
I feel like Jerry West had the real influence. Dr. Buss had the real influence. The legacy of the Lakers had the real influence. As opposed to Mitch Kupchak just working for the biggest brand in the sport. You dig? I mean, it's hard to not be a decent GM. For example, if you're working for the Yankees. Like, if you're working for the Cowboys. It's one of those... The Lakers are one of those teams where... There's a kid in every city across the nation that is a Lakers fan. And that's just how it is. So, everyone... I feel like everyone knows someone growing up who is a Lakers fan or has met someone that's a Lakers fan. So that brand is global. How many kids grow up making it grow up to and grow play in the NBA and were Lakers fans growing up? Like you can't even count the amount of Lakers fans that were that are in the NBA and that just have that dear in their heart to in the back of their mind to think about, damn, how cool would it be to play in L.A.? Although it, they won't if the team and the roster and all the other things are in place, but if it were, it would fulfill the dream of theirs. So I think just as the Lakers GM, that's what you're selling them. And I think I won't say anybody can sell that role, obviously, you know, but when the with a decent roster, I don't feel like it's the hardest position to fill as that GM. But, you know, like I said, if there's any Lakers fans that can correct me on that, let me know. I know Aaron's gonna... When Aaron hears this, and if there's any discrepancies, let me know, Pimp. I'm here for it. Tweet it to me, though. Because I want to have this discussion publicly. Other than that, that's all I got this week. Um, I appreciate everybody who listens and reposts or likes it. If there was anything that you disagree with or, you know, you want to further discuss, let me know. And like I told Aaron to tweet me, you can tweet me too, pimp. My shit's I am Gator with an underscore, I believe. But, you know, I'll pop up. I'm that handsome Panamanian devil. And um, the same thing on Instagram, I am Gator. Um, You guys have a good night. Have a good week. I'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning into The Swamp Life. Peace out.